Society Radio Show. Here we are again, like we do every Friday. Fantas- to be fantastic Thursday. audience. I'm very excited today. We have a live full audience. Come on, you guys, show show your nerve. All right. Uh, this is very exciting. Well, that's what happens when you invite a handsome fisherman. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I guess I guess you catch lots of fish. <laughs> All right, you guys, you guys are all swimming in the same pond, I see. Oh, my. Hi, my name is Thierry Rotiro. I'm the chef in the hat, co-host with uh, Tom Douglas every Friday here. Uh, Tom is not here today, sadly enough. We, uh, he had to take a little hiatus. His uh, mother-in-law, sadly enough, Sharon, just passed away. R.I.P. Sharon. R.I.P. Sharon. Wherever you're going. Tom won't be with us, but I have Pam. Yay! A wonderful, beautiful <laughs> co-host. Uh, as Tom would call her, my hippie chick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he calls you a hippie chick. but Because in the 70s, hippie. it was pretty pronounced. You know, I'm, um, I'm going to tell you what's coming up on the show, and I'll tell you my taste of the week after this. You're going to relate to that. All right. All right, coming up on the show, we, uh, we finish our National Seafood Month. With uh, cod fisherman Adam Hausner, who's in the house, brought us some gorgeous, gorgeous fresh cod. Can't wait to try that. Uh, we have the James Ebert Foundation, who's hosting Taste of America on November 3rd and the 4th season. Dick Stevens will tell us more about it when he's on with us today. Yep. Uh, we also have Angela Stoll, the CEO of Fair Start. She's joining us to talk about celebrating their 30th anniversary Anniversary. I can't believe it's 30 years already. It's been a and, uh, wild ride. Very importantly, welcoming back students for in-person training. Last week, we talked about gratin, but we never went through it. <laughs> this week, Tom is not here. We're going to go We're through gratin. <laughs> gratin all the way. Uh, and then lastly, we'll play our Rob With Love uh, Food for Thought, Food for Thought Tasty Trivia. And who's playing today? Who's playing with us? I'm going to con someone in the audience. Ah, we'll get playing. some fish. And, and Annie wants to play with you. And it's brought to you by Rob with Love. Um, but first, let's talk about the taste of the week. Do you have a taste of the week by I any do, chance? I do, in fact. Oh, you do? Oh, please do. Uh, roasted pumpkin seeds. Oh, my bread. God. <laughs> this is your I taste of the to. week? I have to. It's Halloween All right, weekend. so entice me because, you know, my pepitas and, and, and pumpkin seeds is, is okay, but I just never – it's okay. Well, some people I, I could live without it. them and dry out, and then they're – Nasty. I think one of the secrets is leaving a significant amount of pulp and moisture on them so that they actually have some of the fruit attached. Right, and some flavor. And some flavor. And, of course, rub with love, Chinese 12 spice. Okay, then now no, I'm with you. now we're getting somewhere. And a lower heat. People tend to hurry through the process and... Just dry the crap out of How them. How long does it take to dry a pepit seed? A lower temperature, like at 300, it would be about half an hour. And it takes a little bit of patience to, to keep stirring. I, was, I thought you were going to say at least two hours. Oh, God, no. No. I don't do anything for two hours. Oh, see. Oh, like, <laughs> this is the lady that just literally said, make sure you're patient. <laughs> I'm like, 
half hour for two hours. That's not that long. Okay. Well, half hour is okay. Everybody can do that. Yeah. What's your taste of the My week? My taste of the week. I went for dinner, a uh, special dinner, a vegetarian dinner at the Corson Building. Have you been to the Corson Building in the last... Two, three years. No, I miss it so much. You know, I, I would recommend... This is my second time going there in the last uh, three months, I think. I feel like special we dinner. about it. Yeah, I had a special dinner. I want to bring the, the chef on. Her name is Emily, and she's married to Matt, who's the guy in the dining room. Not, not the Matt we used to know that used to have the Corson building, but a new a Matt. A new Matt. Yeah, they, they, had, they cleaned it up and had, they bought a new Matt. Just kidding. <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me, Matt, for joking about your name. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's a good one, though. <laughs> so Matt and Emily run this place, and they, she's a fantastic chef. Oh. She has beautiful taste, and she loves texture and f- great flavor. We had this wonderful uh, vegetarian dinner, five course, that was um, based. Sometimes they do themed dinner, like that night, and uh, it was based on a restaurant in Los Angeles that used to be called The Source. Back in the hippie time, 1970, I think 74 to 76, or 72 to 76, <clears throat> and they were vegetarian. Turns out to be that the restaurant was famous with all the stars in Hollywood, but turns out to be they also were operated by a cult. <laughs> so that part, my wife had no idea, but my wife had been to the source, and when she was like 17 and wanted to go back, and so she was like, oh, that was so cool, and... You know, back then, she thought she was hot as a teenager to go to the source because everybody was there. But anyway, back to the taste of the week. The vegetarian dinner was absolutely excellent, well done, beautiful texture. I'm not going to run through the five courses, but it was really, really a wonderful dinner. And I recommend going there because they do serve a la carte dinner uh, during, during the week. You know, and th- this was a special dinner night. But So look, go to their website and, or call them and ask them all kinds of questions. They are very friendly, super good service, and, um, and it was all outdoor covered with heaters and everything. So it was okay. We want to hear the highlight dish. The highlight dish for, for me was probably um, the one with uh, emmer, which is like a farro kind of grain, uh, mushroom. You know, you had two different kind of mushrooms in there. Really nicely sorted. The two together went really well. They're in, magic in, partners. Oh, yeah, because one is very nutty. So are the mushroom, woodsy kind of, kind of flavor and depth. And um, I thought the, the dish was absolutely fantastic and married super well. That was probably the highlight for me of the dinner. But the salads were really, you know, I really respect a restaurant that can make a killer salad. Absolutely. Or it's a good a soup. Heart. You know, it's like that's, you know, because many restaurants, they're pretty lame on their salad. But that was, um, they made two beautiful salads to start. And um, one was with beets, which Tom would love. The other one, but there was very little beet. There was not that many. It was one of the components, but there was beets. There was, uh, um, what do you call that colorful watermelon? Radish? Yeah. Watermelon Water- radish. <laughs> watermelon radish. What do you yeah. call it? Watermelon radish. And uh, watercress. Um, really nice. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful salad. Great. Great, great meal overall, so I recommend you people checking it out. That's a wonderful tip. Thank yeah. you. No, absolutely. I, I, I think they deserve to be um, put on the map. All right, coming up, what are we beginning talking about? National Seafood Month with a discussion on cod, fishing, and recipes. Wow, I'm excited already. Good. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Carol 97.3 FM.
back in the kitchen at the Hot Stove Society. Here we are at the Hotel Andra at the corner of 4th and Virginia. If you haven't had a great cooking class or a decent cooking class in the last few years, this is the place to come for it. Hot Stove Society, I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. They're fun. They're hands-on if you want to or not, but they are definitely a beautiful environment, and you will feel right at home. Tonight, Bridget's doing an ode to Diana Kennedy, that wonderful... Mexican. Yeah, woman that brought Mexican cooking to American chefs and home cooks, so we're very excited for that. Wow. Is Rick Bellis coming too? (laughs) I'll try. You should just say that. (laughs) Rick is coming. All right. We're coming up and talking about our seafood month, uh, which, by the way, make sure you don't forget to buy seafood and treat yourself to a nice piece of seafood this month. You owe it to yourself and to your health. And by the way, uh, once a month is not good enough, at least for me. I do that much more than once a month. Do you eat seafood more than once a month? Twice a week. Yeah. Because we do salmon on Sundays and then usually... Oh, wait a minute. You already know what you're going to eat every Sunday? You eat Uh a piece of salmon? We eat salmon every Sunday. That's a bit above my... So uh, I'm sharp on Monday morning. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering why she was coming fuzzy to the office. Because she already know what she's going to eat. That's yeah. not cool. Oh. All right. We have our guest here, a fisherman of, is it multiple generation? Yes. Adam well, yeah. Hasner is with, Asmer, I'm sorry, is with us. And uh, he's going to tell us all about fishing. What I really love is it's all from Whidbey Island and it's all from your family. So how many generations of fishermen are you coming from? Just one, our father. One generation. Yeah. And then explain to us. From head to tail, how the whole thing works in terms of little, because that's little entrepreneurial familial company, right? I mean, you're you're a small company, so how does it work from beginning to end? So you you have a boat, obviously. Yeah, our uh, our father was is part of an ownership with the boat, the Baranoff, the FV Baranoff, which is a catcher processor, um, cod, crab, and black cod, Um, and we're part of the FLC Freezer Longline Coalition, um, who they're the ones who. Connected us. So the three things you name us because they are different time of the year. Yeah, different time of the year. Our boat stays pretty busy. We're usually fishing ten to eleven months a year. Oh, that's beautiful. And it also allows us to survive and deal with stock issues. If one stocks up, one stocks down, we can transit. It's a lot of work because you always got to convert the boat, and it's a lot of work for crews. They don't like to do it, Um, but. Yeah, and it allows us to diversify. Is it the same crew that goes crabbing and cutting? And uh, it can be. It can they, be? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. it can be if they choose to stick around. So you have a boat, and you go to the Bering Sea, right? Yep, Bering Sea, North Pacific, and the Western Aleutians. Okay. Yep. So all up north where it's freezing cold. Yep, the boat's, Basically. Yeah, the boat's currently out in the Western Aleutian Islands right now, off oh Kiska Island. Well, How I don't big know. is it? 180 feet. Okay. It's a cool boat. It's actually it's an old Coast Guard icebreaker, buoy tender. It was built in 1942, and she wow. is still, you know, every two years when we do shipyard, you got to alter sound the hull and good old-fashioned American steel. For the most part, she's still the same thickness she was when she was built, you know, really I, well-built boat. I'm just trying to imagine being on the boat last night when I was listening to this. How, how, how windy was it last night? So windy and raining and pouring. I'm thinking, this is nothing compared to those guys on the boat in the middle of the Bering Sea. I mean, there must be hell when you go through this weather. It's like, oh. You get used to it. You I mean, do? You, get, you, you do? Very brave. Yeah, you get used to it. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's not too bad. We got a big boat, you know. 
And nowadays, with the way everything's set up, quota systems, you take your time. It's a lot safer industry. You know, if the weather's too bad, you just you jog it out or you, you hide behind, on the lee side of an island, you know. So it's a, it's, a, it's a much different industry than it was. Right. You have better tools than they used to have, for sure. Oh, yeah. They used to have. Yeah. Satellite yeah. weather, you know, satellite Wi-Fi, up, right. you know, weather. Is it the same thing for the fish, better tools to find them? Uh, <laughs> yes, they, those, those tools are available. Just, yeah, they're available. It's a little bit harder. Depends if ownership wants to pay for them. <laughs> so, yeah. That would be you. That would be you, yeah. No, uh, uh, uh. So, you go up to the Bering Sea. How long does it take to get up there? Because you live from Seattle, right? Yeah, when we take the boat, it's about seven days. Good weather and your speed, you know. You know, if you got your wind on your tail, which, you know, seven to ten days. Longest I've had is ten days. Shortest was just under seven days. And the diversification of fishing that you have allows you to have crappy season in one and good season in another So it's kind of like the, the farmers who grows multiple crop as opposed to just one crop. You know, if something happened to one crop, well, it's just the way Mother Nature works. But at least we get the other two. Exactly. Or whatever's in more demand or a higher price, you can leave some quota. You know, it's quotas. Right, you can leave right. some on the table or lease some out to another boat with another company while you, you focus on... You know, ca you know, black cod's in demand. You can right. focus on catching all your black cod. And, yeah. So you go to the ocean, take seven days... I mean, you're in the ocean, but anyway, it takes seven days to get out there. How long do you stay fishing? Uh, a trip usually is between three to five weeks. And then after five weeks, you come back to Seattle? No, you go into Dutch, a Dutch harbor, oh, Alaska. Okay. We go into Dutch harbor, and then you, you offload your product and, and you know, backload supplies and all that crew and go back out. Oh, so you go back out right away? go back out. Oh. We keep going. We roll into the next fishery until, you know, the, it's... We kind of schedule in shipyard when the boat needs it, depending on what's what's on the list, what we need to do maintenance-wise, and, and how long the seasons are, you know, that sort of thing. So when do you come back to Whidbey Island? Uh, we, because we work in the wheelhouse, my brother and I, who's my other partner, and uh, Whidbey Island Seafood Company, we're usually up there two to three months at a time, and then we get two to three months off, so we rotate, you know, on that kind of schedule. Uh -huh. There's one other, one another officer that rotates in that does a little fill-in time, so we can, uh, you know, so we're both home together at, at, you know, certain times of the year. How much, do you have a processing plant in, on Woodbey Island as well? We do, we do now, yes. We have a small one. We bought a, it was a smokehouse called Seabolt Smokehouse in Oak Harbor, oh, yeah. Washington. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that, that's been game-changing for us, because now we can really... The whole message we've been, you know, we control the whole process from start to finish. We always tell people we can put your name on a crab or we can put your name on a codfish. And we could show you that whole process and when that fish comes out of the water, when it goes into the hoppers, when it's processed, what case it was frozen in, all the way till it gets to your doorstep. And, and now, even furthermore, we actually cut that fi fish up in our own facility, package it ourselves, and then deliver it to your door. I have a question. When I open that bag, does it smell like something or does it not smell like something? It does as not in? smell. Okay, good. I just want to make sure, I want to make sure the listeners understand, you know, especially I hear that all the time. Oh, you know, I don't like to cook fish in my house because it smells like fish. No. Uh, obviously, you're buying the wrong fish, exactly. right? There's a big difference. And that's, yeah, a big part of us starting this company was trying to educate people. And I think the meat industry's done a good job, especially in places like Northwest and the West Coast, and getting people to choose what good product is. And the seafood industry, you know, I, I think is getting better at doing that and make people aware. The ocean and seafood is still a very foreign subject to most people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's amazing when I hear that, that kind of remark. It's like, seafood does not smell when it's fresh. No. You know, it doesn't have a, a strong fish smell, the fish smell that we know. You know, that's usually because it's past. So, 
All right, on the next segment, we're going to keep talking about how we can buy your fish, number one, because I think that's priority, as far as I'm concerned, to know how to get your fish. And then second of all, we're going to talk about how to cook it. Mm-hmm. Chef Annie, you gave her some beautiful uh, filet of cod, and Chef Annie here at the hot stove has prepared some, I believe the um, fried in butter, as it should be. As it should be. Pan fried, and, uh, nice and simple. finish with a little dash of vinegar, which is... As simple as it gets. Nice and simple. Yep. <coughs> so, I like the cod. This is All the right. way my mom used to do fish when I was a kid. So, Anyway, when we come back, we're going to taste that and see how that came out. All right. You're listening to the Hostel Society on Caro 97.3 FM. As silly as it seems, shake your body like a floating upstream. Back in the kitchen at the Hostel Society at the Hotel Andra. Again, if you haven't had a, a great cooking demo, this is a place to come and uh, sign up for one of the classes. Go to the, go to the site. What's the website again? Oh, TomDouglas.com. Hostel Society. What was that, that site one. again? <laughs> uh, come Doug- to one of Annie's dim sum classes. Oh, yeah. Ooh. We've got one Thanksgiving weekend. That sounds good. That yeah. sounds delish. It that is. Annie really is a chef here, and she's some, very yeah. talented. Very. Very. But she's a little whip. I like it. All right. Adam Hosmer is with us. Perfect. Yep. And uh, he's part of the Whitby Island Seafood Company, and uh, him and his brother of this company. And they do a cool thing, which is they take fresh seafood from the Northern Sea, bring it down to Whitby Island, and clean it and package it for us. Regular citizen who just go and buy seafood. So please do tell us how do we buy a nice piece of card from you? Online. All sales are online. Uh, Sounds like a fishing story. (laughs) (laughs) I had to say that. (laughs) Whidbeseafoods.com. You can go on there, order online. Um, All delivery or shipping to all of Washington, Oregon, and Idaho is free. We do ship. What? That's an incredible offer. We do ship to the rest of the U.S., but it's expensive. It's you know shipping has gone crazy, right? Yeah, it's it's outrageous. You're gonna stop that free thing very quickly. Uh, Well, (laughs) by now, by now. (laughs) We'll see. We actually just got a letter. The UPS is gonna increase rates again just before Christmas. So yeah, of course. But but they do offer they offer a ground shipping rate that they and they almost always deliver next day, no more than 48 hours. We always make sure to pack our fish with enough dry ice, you know, at least 10 pounds that it's going to be good for 48 hours in case of a of a delay we do ship to the rest of the country it is expensive for the first two years two and a half years we would absorb some of those costs but it just it was to you know customer acquisition can't do it anymore no you can't do it we, we no. just we couldn't do it we still do the shipping um it just costs we still have some customers that because they they like the, they know the quality and they appreciate it and they'll still order especially around certain you know special events holidays you know certain dinners they may have and we do we do ship large orders like over three hundred dollars we'll ship for free still huh and we're just doing that while we here's figure one out quick all way the... to fill up your freezer yeah by over three hundred dollars of cod and can you mix cod do you have other, you obviously have other fish yeah right? we, have, we have all the products that come from the baronoff which is pacific cod black cod or sable fish yeah king crab opelio crab 
Baradai, all those, and then we source. So I could get my entire yes. three-month supply of seafood I need for my diet from you in one shot. All from us. And then we also sell some salmon halibuts. The, the salmon's always sourced from a FAS troller, a Which, family. What's FAS? For Frozen at Sea. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, Frozen at Sea uh, troller. and the, the, the boat the family source it from, is, it's unbelievable. It's the fish looks like it's still swimming when we when we get it H and G. It's a, it's an amazing product. Huh? Beautiful. But yeah, so yeah, we, we do have a, a variety of options. That sounds beautiful. So wouldbeseafood.com. Wouldbeseafoods.com. Yeah, and if you go on there and you have any questions, you can seafoods always seafoods with an S. Yep. Sorry, you, I stop you because I want to make sure it's clear. No, it's Wouldbeseafoods.com. Right. Okay. And you can always email us at sales at wouldbeseafoods.com and we're, we'll answer questions right away. Now, we brought somebody who's very actually special. very special that was here surprising you. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. It's your mom, Janet. Yay! Hello, Janet. <laughs> mom. And I, I asked Janet, I'm like, well, you know, you're in a, in a fisherman family. Uh, who do I ask to cook a piece of fish? And She's I, actually the top employee, too. She, okay. she handles a, uh, a large amount of the delivery, especially local on Whidbey Island. One way we're able to continue to grow is free labor. Rude, yeah. <laughs> My God, that does help a small bit. I thought you were going to say when you say she's uh, in the business, she's handling. I thought you were going to say tough customer. <laughs> All right, I Janet. Do that too. It's going to be your turn to tell us how to make a simple way to cook a piece of fish. Well, I think a lot of home cooks today have air fryers. Ah, and so with the. With the cod, it makes a great fish and chips, and you can just do a simple breading on it and put it in your air fryer, and it's done in 16 minutes. And then you can add a a topping to it, a salsa, or put it on your tacos, or just put it on a bed of rice with some vegetables. Cod and tacos sound so delicious. Yes, it's really good. And another way, if people are worried about their fish drying out, um, I find that if you marinate it in milk or yogurt for a half hour before and then wipe it off, it keeps it nice and moist. Moist. She did do the fish. I'm so excited. She brought it out right now. So they could enjoy it. Yeah, so we did did, uh, Annie, Chef Annie here did a quick, she had some cod then Adam brought, so she did a quick pan fried in butter Finish with a dash of vinegar at the end. So very simple, very French style of cooking a piece of fish very quickly. Again, it's another way to do fish, and that's extremely, uh, you know, people go, oh, butter, you know. I'm like, stop this madness of talking about butter like it's, a, it's the devil. You know what's the devil? Fast food. That's yeah. the devil. Uh, absolutely. You can get rid of that damn thing. Butter, you, your body processes it perfectly fine. Just don't eat the whole pound at once. <laughs> be reasonable. You know, be moderate. And cooking with butter doesn't mean using that butter necessarily. In this case, a little bit. You know, with the vinegar, you put a little dash on top of your filet, and it makes a wonderful piece of fish. Jenna, what about a fish soup? <coughs> I like at this time of year. Oh, something. absolutely. What um, would you put in it? Well, I usually use a shrimp stock or a, um, oh. a black cod stock from some of the... Oh, obviously. everybody's got a black, a black cod stock at home. <laughs> but you can get it. Oh, I'm a sorry. Can you, buy one from, yeah. can you buy one from Whidbey Seafood? Yes, you of can. course there you can. Go. <laughs> I guess you get the whole thing at once. Yeah. Yeah. You could use any kind of stock, whatever is your favorite. And um, I like to be really simple and put some kale in it and... Some nice crunchy vegetables, and I usually pre-cook the fish and then add it at the last minute. At the last minute, yeah. so it doesn't fall apart. And That's it doesn't the way get to do mushy. it. Yeah. Also, important tip: yeah. always. It's the same thing when I do like 
clam chowder and everything. I usually take the clam because they're small money like clam. I'm like, steam the clam, take them out. You know, I keep the juice in there, but I take the clam out and then put them back towards the last five minutes because, you know, a clam that cooks for, you know, 45 minutes is a piece of tire. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. going to be chewier than... So try to keep it tender. So it's the same thing with fish. Yes. Try to yeah. not break it down into a puree. Yeah. Yeah. And if you like spicy, um, a coconut base, a coconut milk base is wonderful too. Luscious. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> luscious. Adam? And, and um, how do you eat it at home when your mom's not making for you? Or your beautiful <laughs> wife, who we're so glad is with us yeah. today. You know, I keep it simple, especially with cod. You know, I, we use it for, for fish tacos, you know, and cook it a similar way. We would cook link cod. I, you know, I eat a lot of link cod as well. Um, but, you know, pan frying it with butter. Garlic butter is, is always our go-to, especially quick and easy. You know, you just need a quick, simple choice for dinner at night. Um, Another way, you know, baking it at 400 degrees with the olive oil, uh, garlic, and thyme and cherry tomatoes, and you kind of, and then you, you cover the cod with that, and then place it in a baking dish with some limes on top or yeah. at the bottom. That's I was going to say baking too. fish. Yeah. If you've never cooked fish before, or you're kind of, you know, don't really want to go through the pan and getting the stove dirty. I mean, it always makes me amazed, and people don't want to get a stove dirty when they're <laughs> cooking. But yeah. there is such a thing. And, uh, you know, you just take a piece of cod and you put it on, the, yeah. like you said, in the Pyrex pan, put it, butter the pan, put the cod on top, or even olive oil if you don't want to use butter, yeah. and then cover a little bit that cod with something, could be your garlic butter that you're making, and then put it in the oven. In yeah. eight minutes, you get a beautiful piece of cod that's tender, moist. And that's beautiful, yeah. moist. delicious, yeah. moist. Yeah. Yeah, good way not to, you know, not to overcook it. Cod is one of those yeah. fish that is actually forgiving. You know, it's very, when you're cooking it, especially baking very forgiving, so... Yeah, it doesn't dry out as easy as, like, like halibut can dry yeah, out. You can go from halibut from undercooked correct. to overcooked real fast. Yeah, and, halibut yeah. Is in, it doesn't have any fat, so it's, it's yeah. a little bit more precocious, but cod has a little bit of fat in it, too. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for being with us today. Of course, thank you. Truly appreciate the fact that you're trying to keep it local and seasonal and available to the customer, which right. is, I mean, it's always the same story. You... On the seafood market for the consumer, it's always hard. You know, it's much harder than people think. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, it's uh, the the amount of mislabeling in seafood industry is is just go do a Google search. You can find all sorts of articles on it. It's it's pretty bad, and, and it's uh, it's been fun to actually interact with our customers, especially local on Whibby, and how many of them really already knew about frozen at sea seafood especially done properly and and how desperate they were for a, a good consistent source of quality uh seafood and so that's that's been real encouraging for us cool yeah i yeah, know I'm, I'm excited we love We'd- your um slogan of dock to doorstep yeah that's a <laughs> see old farm to table favorite. thing right it's yeah. the, the old farm to table thing and i know there's already been see, you know there's sea to table out there but yeah yeah no, dock to doorstep or you know well, all the best of luck to you, and uh, I can't wait to uh, place an order with WouldBeSeafoods.com. Yeah, please do. Much appreciated. Thank all right. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank when you. we come back, let's talk about the taste of America with the James Beard Foundation on Cairo 97.3 FM. Welcome back to the Hot Stove Society Radio Show. I'm Terry Rotterdam, the chef in the hat, and my co-host. 
Pamela Hinckley, proud producer. Here we happy go. Happy to be with you today. So happy to have you here. Sorry Tom is not joining us today. Our next guest is a return guest of many time, Dick Stevens, and uh, he's here to tell us about his involvement and his, um, the new show that is coming up from the James Beard Foundation, Test America. It's always a pleasure to be here. I feel like uh, I, I'm kind of dipped in magic waters when I get to come back in the studio. We had to do it on the, uh, on the Zoom time last time, so this is exciting to be back in here. We like yes. being yeah. live. It, it is, it is nice sure. to be live. It really is. You want to know how live we are? Come on, guys. Show come it on. Yeah. yeah. Woo. What COVID? <laughs> it's called Divac now, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, things are back to semi-normal in, in everybody's life. So That's right. We're trying to just remember that Friday morning is a Hot Stove Society radio show, and we're here to do it. So tell us about Test of America. So this it, has changed a little bit, the, the prototype. You have a different scene going on? Yeah, the Taste, of, the Taste America series uh, presented by Capital One. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we didn't stop, but we had, you know, the first one we had during the pandemic was a meal pickup one that we did. And then we had a small pop-up, uh, and then we kind of got the pop-ups a little larger. But typically, Taste America are these large four-time events throughout the, the whole country, uh, throughout the whole year. And Seattle's always one of these cities that gets a nod, which is cool. Of the 10 years that Taste America has been produced Seattle has got it nine times. Terry yourself has yep. been one of the all-stars. And when they selected the new format this year, they said, you know, let's go to 20 cities. Things are starting to lighten up. They're certain, the, the, the foundation's been really respectful of not just the uh, health impact of COVID, but what COVID has done to restaurants and to staff. <laughs> the financial impact. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I've got something here to say thank you to you on that here in a second, uh, Terry. But what the, the, the new format has been a 20 cities, but five of the 20 are getting a large-scale event, which is the one we're going to do next Wednesday on November 2 at the Four Seasons. And it's a grand tasting. So the five cities that are doing that, we've taken it to the highest level. Uh, the event is twice the size, I think, of the original model, what was anticipated. The event sold out a month beforehand. There is a waiting list, but it just says that Seattle is so ready for this. And... Being the producer of this locally is always a big honor, so I'd really try to weave as much Seattle first, kind of Washington second, Northwest third flavor into it, and I just couldn't be more happy with the way things have turned out. It's a real star-studded lineup. So it's next week at the Four season. That's right. But he's Downtown. just teasing us. It's you're just teasing out. us because it's sold out? It's, I, I wish I could come here and say I've got yeah, tickets. Yeah, I thought you were going to bring tickets for everybody. Well, well, I know. There is a ticket stuck under one of the chairs. So, I mean, if somebody wants to flip okay, over the trolley in the chocolate factory bar there, we'll find one for somebody. But um, it is a real pleasure to see how the thing has come together. Give us a, an idea of the listing of the chefs. Yes, please. I'm, I'm glad. So what's really cool about this year's program, this is new also, is we have these chefs that are called Taste 20. And there is a Taste 20 chef of the five grand tastings. And we have sent our Taste 20 chef, which is Taylor Thornhill. He went and kicked it off in Houston at the first Taste America <laughs> series uh, that took place this summer. And the Houston Taste America chef, uh, Taste 20 chef, 
which is Michelle Wallace, who is a James Beard nominee, is our out-of-town all-star for this. So they are our two Taste 20 chefs. And then the rest of the lineup is a real who's-who list. Uh, Shota Nakajima from Taku, sure. who's on TV about every 45 seconds now. He's so uh, popular He right is, now. and he's such a great friend of the foundation. We're really blessed, blessed to have him. Uh, Daniel Grogan from The Four Seasons and from Goldfinch is going to be doing sure. a really great dessert element. Bill Zhang and Jeremy Faust from Paju are putting oh, together yeah. a great bite. Uh, Cher Amlog from Hood Famous Bake Shop is another sweet, savory dish. Um, Matsuko Soma, who I had the pleasure to go back to the awards with, and she was so close. She was a a finalist this year um, from Kamenegi, is going to be one of our our star chefs. Yeah, she's a terrific chef. And she's just, look at the expansion that she's had of people's understanding of what she does with all, you know, the short film that's been in SIF and on Alaska Airlines. She's just really special. Cecilia Rickard from Off the Res, which is a really, really... Oh, I'm dying to meet them. Oh, that's going to be great. You know, they've done so many things with their truck, and now they're really getting more and more involved with what's going on. Uh, Christy Brown. Aren't they from, uh, oh, at please. the Burke Museum as well? I believe so. They have a and they've been, there. I think they're trying to find how they're going to expand that business because of the attention that those guys are getting. But we're stoked to have Off the Res there. Christy Brown and her son... Uh, Damon Bomar are both going to have a complimentary station, obviously with Communion being on the cover of the New York Times Top 50 and her explosion with the restaurant over there in the Central District. That brown girl, brown girl can cook. She can, right? Of course she can. Yeah, and it was exciting to see her get a semifinalist nomination this year with the foundation. Uh, and then uh, Brian Doherty, who's the executive chef of the uh, Four Seasons, is going right. to be putting together a great dish. And then Ethan Stoll, who is the godfather of the Four Seasons and ESR Restaurant Group, is going to be a part of it, too. But we have a lot of other chefs that are going to be participating in the sponsor stations. Give me about 15 different James Beard bites, and then I'll talk about the cocktails, too, if you guys want to hear that. Sure. <laughs> what do you got? You got crafty, crafty bartenders coming? Oh, my God. We have a, two whiskey experiences with Westland. Uh, one of those is going to be uh, Niles Peacock who is globally known mixologist. He's also got the new, uh, the new pizza kitchen on the Edmonds Beach. We have two vodka experiences. We have two gin experiences, one a floral. Uh, one is going to be a straight, and then we're going to have a neat cocktail there with some different, different mixologies. Uh, we've got four different wine experiences. We have bubbles, caviar, it's 30 stations. Uh, we should have oh, sold goodness. a gout sponsorship for a pill that you could take after this thing. Because they're gonna wow. Need, yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. And what is, um, is it a fundraiser or awareness raiser for it's James both. Beard so Foundation? So when we do these, they are to really drive home what the foundation does. And, and we're not really there to promote the awards or what people see on CBS when the, when, when the package is out there. Terry and I have gone to the awards together a few times. And this is about what is going on with the foundation every single day. The foundation is moving the needle on a great many things, fairness in the workplace, full use of food, really trying to work with legislation. The foundation was at the White House just two weeks ago, um, standing behind uh, starvation and, and getting into these pockets of the United States that need attention. Indigenous peoples that own restaurants and culinary businesses. It's really cool. And that's where this money that's being raised, we've, we've done a great job on the fundraising. We've exceeded our goal. And all that money is going to go to work on a daily basis with all the foundation programming and, and even more than what I've just mentioned. The full cool. use of food is so timely now, isn't it? With there being shortages, it's like if we were all smarter about how we used and distributed food, everyone could be fed. Yeah, there is enough food out there. There is enough food. There really is. And, and I think with 
what has been interesting on the other side of the stove with supply chain issues and staffing, I think it's even brought a different light to the full use of food from a perspective of the person that's making it. Right. Um, because every one of these things counts in keeping the, the project, the restaurant, the eatery, the bar sustainable, not yeah. just from a sustainability standpoint from food, but from a business perspective. What yeah. an interesting time. That's why I brought the bottle of Vouv for Terry. <laughs> for Terry. I mean it. I mean, I remember the week after the pandemic hit, listening to Tom and Terry's show, and literally it was like listening to somebody who just went through a hurricane and what those guys did to keep the spirit alive in this community. I've been friends with these guys a long time. I mean it. And they've been, we've been on here off and on for eight or ten years. Yeah, you have. Um, I really cherish what you guys do for this community. The audience, the follow incredible this is for you terry i mean Whoa, you and tom, you're very kind yeah, you and tom so need to open nice. that up sometime tom when doesn't you like chance. champagne I'll yeah, I, I don't think so that's <laughs> i use that as an excuse <laughs> honestly he, if tom never sees that bottle he wants that's a fine big rich me. red nebbiolo probably or, or, or barolo but uh, i'll go with champagne well that's for you thank uh, you, what very you guys kindly. have meant to the foundation what you guys have meant to the culinary fabric of seattle that's thank you so much drop in the bucket it's a uh, very nice of you to acknowledge that but uh, you know, we did what everybody else did. We shook, shook ourselves out and went, okay, what now? What do we do? I mean, this is what you do when you go through a hurricane, I would think. Yeah. You know, everything is gone. You look around. You, it's unbelievably, it's hard to believe. But what do you do? You have two choices. That's right. Either you die in the foundation or you just keep going. I mean, there's not too many choices. Pick yourself up and go, all right, let's do it. It's great to be back. Uh, it's exciting to see the excitement for it. There are tickets going to be released probably. It could be up to 10 tickets that will be re- released um, in the next week with the event being on November 2. Uh, so watch jbftasteamerica.org. Click uh, Seattle. And uh, like two came up this kid. morning and two were gone. So just kind of keep an eye. I wish we had more. but uh, So say that again. Where do you go? Uh, go to jbftasteamerica.org okay. and click on Seattle, and you'll see all the chef lineup. Uh, you'll see what those guys are up, all, uh, what they're up, up up with as far as their menus, the list of sponsors. Uh, it's just unconscionably exciting to see what's going on here. Well, big congratulations for such a high return. Thank you. And Feels congrats good to, be to all the chefs who are participating. Big thank you to all of them for once again coming forward and you know showcasing our city, our region, and. Uh, how, how lucky we are to be here. Thank, Thank you so you. much for doing uh, this, It's my Dick. pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right. Coming up in the second hour. They're starting. Angela Stowe. Angela will be here, the CEO of Fair Start, and she's going to tell us how they're making a comeback as well, slowly but surely. So stay with us, get a bite to eat and something to drink, and come right back with us on Cairo 97.3 FM. Here we go, back in the kitchen at the Host of Society radio show. We are back at the Hotel Andra for the second hour of our show. Glad you stay with us. Glad you're back with us. Our first guest for the second hour is Angela Dunlevy. Angela, thank you so much for coming onto the show. The pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me. You're the CEO of this wonderful company that makes me wear a hat that says Fair Start on it. Looks so good on you. Does it? It does. What's the audience think? A or nay? Wow. 
Okay. First start, for those who don't know, please give us a background story and uh, you know your position and everything yeah, you do. Absolutely. Well, I'm the CEO at uh, Fair Start, as you said. We have been around for 30 years this year, so we're celebrating our 30th wow. anniversary. Um, we have done a lot of work with uh, you, Chef Terry, a lot of work with Tom Douglas Restaurants, and our goal is to serve Seattle and the King County area um, to provide both nutritious meals, but also job training for those who are living in homelessness and poverty. So we work um, primarily with individuals who are coming out of incarceration, who have been living in homelessness, deep poverty, both youth and adults, um, to do job training in the culinary hospitality plus industry. Um, and while we're doing that, we um, have the privilege of serving our community um, nutritious meals uh, to those who cannot otherwise afford them. And we will have a restaurant coming back in 2023. You heard oh, it here wow. first. Preview. Preview. Nice. That's so cute. none of the restaurants were working for the last couple of years, right? I mean, you... Correct. You yeah. When the pandemic hit, we, uh, as everyone else did, um, you know, shuttered yeah. uh, the cafes, catering, restaurants, and really focused our efforts in... Um, what was the bread and butter, no pun intended, of Fair Start. Uh, 30 years ago, Fair Start began as a way to get meals into shelters. And so a young chef by the name of David Lee uh, was making meals in a small uh, basement, I think somewhere on Capitol Hill, delivering them to DESC, uh, which is our downtown emergency services center shelter. And along the way decided, you know what I could do while I'm delivering these meals? Why don't I work with the individuals who are living in the shelters to prepare these meals and get jobs in the restaurant industry. Right. And that's how Fair Start began. And we've evolved over the last 30 years, and so we can talk about that too. But that's, in I remember, a nutshell, yeah, that's I remember what we do. back then it was called Common Meals. That's right. Because I remember talking with David Lee about they were about to get evicted on Virginia, uh, between Virginia and Stewart there, in the Josephinian. Josephinian, yes. They that, were about to get evicted, and I did an auction dinner fundraiser and... You know, went on for doing that for a couple of years. and A couple of years. I think you went on to do fundraise for us for like 30 years. <laughs> a couple, yeah. you know. A couple, couple of decades. A couple of decades. Who's counting? But who's counting, yeah, exactly. No, anyway, it's a, it's a great story. I mean, Common Mill is a, such an unbelievable story for the, for the whole country. I mean, I know you, you guys have transferred through the whole country and... And started programming other places, right? We have. So in addition to Fair Start here, what we do is we work with nonprofits around the country to help start uh, programs like ours, culinary training programs and meal service. So many of them we do recommend to go into what we call contract meals. So those are the meals that are going out to the shelters, the um, uh, after-school programs. Um, we now do permanent supportive housing meals. And then many of them have done what we have done and gone into uh, restaurants and catering as well. Um, we all know how hard that can be at times. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of magic and a little bit of science and a lot of hard work, but it's been, you know, we've, we have um, served over 18 million meals in the last 30 years, uh, and we have um, graduated almost 4,000 individuals, yeah, um, starting with like five people in the 90s, <laughs> like five people per year, you know, and so um, it's been a really wonderful evolution. Yeah, I've been the lucky recipient of some of those students and um, some of them still in my life in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, we still talk and one of them particularly is still working at uh, SSP for Lulu mm -hmm. at the airport. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's, uh, there is, there is, 
It's, it's just beautiful to know there is a place for people who get challenged with life in general, addiction, whatever. And there is a place for them to, you know, restart and reincorporate into society, which is, to me, that's, that's how yeah, all the problems... find prog- a path with a skill and to yeah. have some support services to engage. And, and I feel community. like with the needs of today's life, we see every day in the street and everywhere... I feel there should be like a hundred fair start in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. We need I mean, it. literally. We do. You know, it's like we need it so badly. Well, and I think what's really been so gratifying over the years is to, you know, we celebrate these, you know, one-year stories, two-year stories. But like you said, I mean, there are people who have been out of our program for, you know, 10, 12, 15 years. And you know, bear with me a quick story. We actually, right now we have about 20% of our staff at Fair Start are uh, alumni from our programs, which is so cool. And this summer, um, it was really emotional to say goodbye to Chef Dan, who came back to us as Chef Dan, um, as a chef trainer, and made his way up to a program manager. He, he oversaw our programs. And then, you know, he left Seattle to go start this new wonderful life in Montana. And it's just, you know, when he left, he said, you know, the last decade plus has been about Fair Start from helping me, you know, get back on my feet to becoming an employee here again. And now, like, I'm starting this new part of my life where... I get to choose whether or not I tell that part of my story. Right. And, it, like, that's so powerful because we all have things in our past that are just so... Of course. Yeah. And so, anyway, it just the, the longevity and just the the testament that that gives, I think, so has been great. So, you're restarting the program. We are. Well, we never stopped, really. I mean, I right. think that, that the one thing that, um, that's that been hard over the last couple of years with COVID is seeing our work, right? Because you used right. to see our work a lot in the restaurants. But shortly after the pandemic started, we brought students back, and we... Did it? We, you know, we've learned a lot. So when we first brought them back virtually, we did so um, by sending like mise en place to their to like the shelter where they were with like cutting boards and knives and vegetables. And I mean, wow. I don't know. That must you, have been a serious chaos. You know what? Virtual knife skills training is just not like. Well, you know what? what? It doesn't hurt as much when you bleed. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know. So what we did learn, though, is that everything that we were doing in our virtual training was so important to just everyday critical, you know, job and life skills. So right. we really started focusing on that self-empowerment, which I say is sort of the secret sauce of Fair Start. Right. We added in um, digital uh, literacy, which everyone needs now to get a job. Financial, Critical. yeah, financial literacy, so they know what to do with that first paycheck and second paycheck. Um, And then those um, resume skills, the interviewing skills, and just really helping our um, clients align with their values and find who's the employer that they actually want to be working with. Um, And so that took place for a couple years. And just this summer, we have uh, brought um, a cohort, now three cohorts of students back into our kitchens. So they're preparing meals with us and still doing the virtual training, of course, for those that it works with. But it's been so great to have students back on site. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. It's yeah. it's been great to have things coming back to two years ago. I guess we just skipped two years and, and we'll, we'll hear back, more almost about back it. to normal. So I don't know the din- the fair start dinner that you made over the the summer for me. I think I ate two years worth of calories and like bone marrow. <laughs> oh, really caught up. I mean, well, that's what the guests wanted. So uh, I that's what I wanted. Those guys were skinny as a rail, and always like <laughs> they're skinny as a rail, and they want a fat dinner. I'm like, of course you do. I don't ask for a fat dinner ever. All right, when we come back, we're going to keep going with Fair Start and talk about the gala coming up. And 
much more of the inside of the program um, to incite people to number one give to to Fair Start and to support Fair Start in more ways than one. So when we come back here on Cairo 97.3 FM. In the kitchen at the House of Society, our guest, our guest is Angela Donlevy, the CEO of Fair Start, and um, a big pillar in our in our society today, because she's supporting one of, one of she's supporting one of the greatest cause that I know of in this city, mm-hmm. that has been a flagship for the rest of the country, and uh, a testimony about how much we care and how much we really want to help people who are down and out on their luck or whatever, and reinstate them into society, want to be reinstated in society. Well, I think that we have a, a responsibility as, you know, this great country that we live in to take care of the people around us and take care of our neighbors, and that's really at the center of Fair That Star. I will applaud, too. I think it is true. We cannot leave anybody behind. Yeah, and we really, you know, for those who are able to get back into the workforce, we want to be there to help them start at the place that feels, uh, you know, right for them, whether that's starting as a dishwasher at a restaurant or they want to go right into culinary or they want to go into, you know, warehouse logistics. We want to be able to provide that. And we want to be able to provide meals to those who are not able to prepare meals for themselves, whether it's because they don't have the physical or mental um, capacity to do that. Right. So that's a big part of our work too. The thing is you've conquered that stamp of approval for a restaurant to be able to hire someone. Someone says I'm from Fair Start, I will hire them right away. They have a stamp of already a certain amount of knowledge that you've installed that I, I feel very, very, very strong about that they have the basics covered. It shows that they're trying. Right. They should, well, number one, they got the commitment. Number two, which is something that's getting to be missed more and more in our society, I think. Mm. Commitment. Remember that, young people. Commitment. That means you stick to it till the end. Not just keep the minute it gets a little bit hard. Yes, and. I'm going to, I'm going to put a big and in there. And we are now a world that has gone through an incredible amount of trauma. Yeah. And our program participants have been going through this kind of trauma. Like, we're very used to this because when you've gone through long-term uh, homelessness or come out of domestic violence or been incarcerated for a long period of time, there is deep trauma mm-hmm. that, you know can inhibit in your uh, ability to do a good job at work or to show up. Yes. And, you know, if you feel like you're going to fail, many of our participants, you know, why not just leave first and, and, you know, not have that rejection? So we really work on that, like seeing it through, taking the feedback, getting the coaching, um, and aligning with your values. Just and, as important as the knife skills. 
It, yeah. Oh, more important than more nice. Important, Chef probably. Terry can teach. I mean, yeah, exactly. Can teach show stuff too, but definitely, you know, knife yeah. skills can be taught. Like, yeah. you know, these other things are really like the, this is a lifetime of learning that we all have to do. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. What else can you tell us about First Start? Well, um, look, I can tell you one thing that I think has been really important, and then I want to talk about our gala. But I, do, I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk about the fact that the meals that we have provided since COVID began, 5.4 million and counting, have, oh primarily, yeah, have primarily gone to individuals who are living in permanent supportive housing. And I just can't emphasize enough how much our country needs to move toward really embracing food as medicine. And so for those individuals who are living in permanent supportive housing, many of them have experienced long-term homelessness. Many of them have long-term health um, uh, issues. issues, malnutrition, and what's the best, and trauma, as we talked about. And what's the best medicine for malnutrition, for trauma? A good Healthy. homemade soup. Yes. Vegetable soup. Vegetable soup, yes. Healthy, homemade food. And so, you know, we would love um, continued support in our meal production uh, to these permanent supportive housing sites, to the shelter sites, um, so we can keep doing this work and doing our job training while if, we're doing it. If anybody feels so inclined listening to this worldwide received show... Um, Fairstart.org? Fairstart.org. Um, please um, go there. You can volunteer. You can donate um, your time and treasure, which we are very grateful for. We do have a gala coming up on Sunday, November 6th. It will be virtual and in person this year, so no excuses not to attend. Um, and we would really love to, to have support. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is how it works. Everybody pitch in. Time, money. Five dollars is, you know, each of our meals that go out to the community cost about five dollars and fifty cents. Good. So. So don't pitch just five bucks. I mean, that's kind of lonely okay. to eat by yourself. I mean. You got to pitch at least twelve bucks. Okay, I'm going to have my kids come in and do some math around that. So I mean, yeah, you know, we want people to give what they can and participate where they can. Right. Thank you so much for Thank being you. with us today. This is. Totally awesome. 30 years. And 30 years. 30 years. start is in such good hands with you, Thank Angela. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We, well, really we couldn't do it. it without people like you. So, yeah. thank you. Well, it takes a community, right? It does. To it take does. care of the community. So we should be Thank doing. you very, thank very you. much. Truly appreciate it. When we come back, let's talk about... What are we talking about? Oh, <laughs> let's talk about what we didn't talk about last week. Right. 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 Time to get to it. Let's do it. Here on Carol 97.3 FM. in the kitchen at the House of Society on Cairo 97.3 FM. 
This is a, a segment that we missed last week. We, we announced it as we were going to talk about it, and then we skipped into something else. Morocco. Oh, yeah. We t- Morocco. What a country. What a country. I'm still not back from it. No. That, I mean, it's a spectacular sensory overload. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm definitely banking those in my memory forever. So... If you've never been to Morocco, I'll say it again. You owe it to yourself to go for a trip over there. Call me. I'll tell you who to have for a guide. Best guy in the world. Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, back to the segment today, which we didn't talk about last week. Gratin. So why were you so interested into Gratin? Because of this time of year when it's so cold and blustery, to have something warm coming out of the oven that gets a little bit crispy on the edges, helps you use up things in the refrigerator, and it's just satisfying food. Very rich and satisfying, and it's also the time of the year where you need to put that extra tire on for the winter month. (laughs) Just kidding. But um, as you talk through your favorite preparations, uh, if you could also include maybe one that wasn't so rich. That's what I was going to start with. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Let's start with that. So this time of year, the, the thing that's very common is harvesting more than we have or we need of uh, squash and things like this. So, you know, squash render a lot of water. It's full of water, of course, but it makes a great gratin. Yes. If you take beautiful... The, uh, the summer skin, the soft skin, or the hard uh, winter squashes? No, no, no. The summer skin. Okay. The, the, the cookie, the zucchini, the, the okay. stuff like that, you know, and you just slice them pretty thick, you know, like a half an inch thick, and then you put them in a pan, toss with some olive oil, salt, pepper, fresh herb, which is the time of the year where you get rid of that basil, because I guarantee you by next week, you're going to have to say goodbye to it. It's going to be dead. <laughs> so uh, time to pick up all that basil, make a nice little pesto, or just chop it really fine. And then mix that with some grated cheese, or not. If you don't want cheese, you, you can avoid cheese. But I would do a nice little grated cheese, like a, a comté or even parmesan would be delicious. And then sprinkle that, do your layers of zucchini and squash in your pan with your fresh herbs and your cheese in layers. And then on top, breadcrumb. Homemade breadcrumb. Homemade breadcrumb, of course. So how do you make breadcrumb? Well, tell us. start with some nice, beautiful, fresh bread. Put it in the oven slowly, overnight. Leave it in the overnight pilot if you have a pilot, if you have a gas pilot. That usually works really well to dry it up. And then finish it in the oven to give it a little color at the last minute. And then grind the whole thing up. And this wonderful, flaky breadcrumb will be delicious, tasting very fresh. And you put that on top of your uh, zucchini. Again... Uh, you take a lemon and you just zest the lemon with the breadcrumb and then you take the lemon itself and you skin the lemon out and take the segment of the lemon, chop them up and put them into your zucchini. So you have lemon, zucchini and um, basil. Remember we have basil sliced in there. Tarragon if you have some left because I have some left. Uh, fennel, your fennel seeds. I have fennel plants in my house that have all the seeds on top. You take a few fennel seeds, pell, pollen, and then put that into that, and you get this wonderful Mediterranean squash gratin. I love the lemon segments in there. Yeah, and then one thing you can do, instead of using a grating cheese, you can use a crumbling cheese, which would be like a, a feta or a, um, a goat cheese, soft goat cheese. 
If you don't like the cheese too much, too strong, you can put that in there. Tons of breadcrumb on top, like I said, put it in the oven. 45 minutes later, you get this gorgeous, beautiful golden brown uh, gratin and you put out of the oven. Let it sit on the counter. One of the things you can do is let it sit and pack it gently, as in put a piece of uh, parchment paper on top, press gently on it, and you'll have all the juice coming out from the bottom. Take the juice out of there, put it in the, in the pan, reduce that juice, meaning then you bring it to a boil, and you cook it down to, to a low simmer for about 20 minutes. You know, you reduce it down by two-thirds, put some fresh, beautiful finishing olive oil, and then redrizzle that on top of your gratin as you serve it. And you have level, chef. Ah, uh, you know, la, la. It, it was ordinary to <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> I'll say. Anyway, anyway, I just, it's one way to use the whole thing. And yes, unfortunately, when you do zucchini and squash, there's a lot of water on the water, bottom. Water, yeah, that's so a take great that, solution. Take that parchment paper and then take the water out of there. Most of the water, you don't have to take all of it out. But reduce that water down because it's beautiful flavor, but it's watery. So reduce it down so you'll have a more intense flavor. Finish with a little bit of olive oil. You can even add Dijon mustard that if you want. brilliant. Dijon mustard in there. Make like a thicker. Of course. Thicker. And then put <laughs> Whenever that. we can get the mustard in. Yeah. Put Always. that around your zucchini uh, gratin. It's delicious. What's your favorite gratin? Uh, well, I've been reading recently that tians are also considered a gratin. So tian is a word for layered vegetable baked. Mm-hmm. In France, in south of France mostly. And usually it's done with the, the typical red onion, zucchini, tomato, and uh, eggplant. Eggplant. Yeah. So that, uh, I've been trying to perfect my eggplant, which uh, for my household requires getting it really, really cooked. Yeah. Um, so what I would do if you're making a tian with eggplant, this is what I would do. I would cook my eggplant first. I would grill them. Or I yeah. would planche, put it on the plancha and cook them. <laughs> to give them an extra burn flavor or roast flavor. Because eggplant just by itself sliced into a pan. Nothing. Horrible. Nobody's going to really like that. No. So. And do you d- always do it vertical? You can do it is, vertical. Is that the real definition? I used to do it layered like this, but it, dip- it depends on how you're doing it. Uh, layer- normally it's done layer vertical, yes. You take a slice of each and you put them one after the other. That's what's so pretty. Yeah, it's very pretty. And, you know, it's, it's very traditional in the south of France. Again, this is the time of the year where you do this because this is the last of it. Last tomato, last zucchini, last eggplant. Last, all those vegetables are coming out of season, right? So this is the harvest time and you do that and you have so much. Then you do it as a stew so you can use a lot of it. But you don't want it, the, the difference being that it wouldn't be as saucy as a stew. Correct. So you want, your ratio of vegetables should be to keep it um, more solid. Correct. But by making it stand up, by, when you put the slices up, it already doesn't render quite as much. Ah. Because it's cooking uh, from the top, obviously, as from the oven. So it's cooking from the top, but it's not boiling inside like it would if you were flat on the pan. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you have that going. <coughs> that going for yourself. But again, great garnish to that is definitely a basil pesto or something of that nature to drizzle all over those vegetables. That's what will give it the flavor. Toasted nuts, hazelnuts right now. Hazelnuts is a great Toasted idea. Toasted hazelnut or pine nuts. Great is nuts there, to add. Uh, um, Animal protein version of gratin? 
No. Uh, oh, yeah, vegetable? there is. There is one called hashi parmentier in French, which is basically mashed potato, ground beef, mashed potato, ground beef, mashed potato, and then bread. <laughs> that and sounds then bread, American. And then breadcrumb. Breadcrumb on top. No, no, you guys didn't invent that. We were there first, remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> France is older than America. Come on. We've had the gratin forever. It's one way to use ground beef and mashed potato. And then you put that in the oven and you bake it. When I was a kid in school... We used to have a two-hour lunch. You know, we'd come out of school and go across the street to this place that would be like a refectory. But we sat down and we had a three-course lunch every day. <laughs> Can you Don't. imagine that in our schools today? No. But it sounds very Yeah, we had an appetizer, either a soup or a salad. And then we had an entree and then we had a dessert. I mean, that was typical. Often we would have hachis parmentier. And that was a favorite of mine because, you know, who doesn't like that? Mashed potato, potato and ground beef. I know. It sounds so delicious. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? So but that would be another form of gratin. So gratin does not necessarily mean always with cheese, but it means finish with a topping that is gratiné. Gratiné means put under the That's salamander. That's the important part. Yeah, mean under the, the salamander, and then it's the best part. Who doesn't Everybody like wa- the crust? You want the crunchy bits. Yeah. And the gooey center. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's uh, definitely an easy one to make at home as well. You know, if you make mashed potato for Thanksgiving and you have a bunch left over, keep it. Make a, make a gratin the next day. Make a, you know, ground turkey. <gasps> That's and what a, we'll do because we're going to do the show the day after Thanksgiving. There you That's go. what we'll have for lunch. Ground turkey, mashed potato, baked in the oven. Done. Nice little sauce next to it and be done. The gravy left over from the day before. All right. Menu is complete. All right, Annie. We just made the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Annie is like, thank you. All right, coming up next, we're going to be having a tasty trivia. All right, stay with us. We'll be right back on Cairo 97.3 FM. I like cheese. Back in the kitchen at the Hostel Society in the Hotel Andra, corner of Fourth and Virginia. By the way, if you haven't done a staycation in Seattle, this is definitely the time of the year to do it. It's a little bit more quiet. It's raining. It's you know, weather is more like a fall weather than we're used to. Good time to tuck in. Good time to come in, get a nice little massage, stay upstairs in the Hotel Andra in a nice little room. Go downstairs to Lola and get a beautiful breakfast or lunch or dinner. And then come here at the hot stove and get a little cooking demo. What's better than that? I mean, what a fabulous weekend. And then go across the street and get your pastries at, at, the, at the bakery. Good eating. Yeah. Anyway, we're doing our food tasting trivia, which is brought to you by Rub With Love. And our Spice Rub family has grown to 20 variety. Amazing. So we can help you dollop just about any dishes. Our rub, sauces, and mustards are available at <laughs> across the country, just so everybody's clear on just this. Just so they're clear. These rub are everywhere. But more specifically in grocery stores like Harvest Market in Fort Bragg, California, Sonnenberg's in Spokane, Washington, and closer to Seattle at the Butcher Boy in Puyallup, or larger chains like Bartel, QFC, and Safeway. And, of course, 
at TomDouglas.com. All right, we have serious contestant today. Very serious. <laughs> Tell us all about it, Pam. Well, um, we've invited Chef Annie because she's a fierce competitor. <laughs> and we have uh, Cajol, Janet, and Adam, our fishing family, into staying and competing against Terry. Uh, Annie says Terry always loses, so we're going to see. <laughs> You're e- each yeah, that's a, that's a great... I like the, the precursor to this game. <laughs> oh, yeah, he always loses. Should I write one or two? Each contestant is going to get five questions, and the one that gets most right is the winner. Yep. That's it. That's the other one, we, the we won't talk about it. Contestant number one, <laughs> Senor Rotoro. Go right ahead. Stinkhorn, wood ear, and blusher are all types of what? Mushroom. Yes. Number two, what is Bombay duck? It is definitely not a duck. Correct. Can you tell us more? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to stick what to that. I'm ahead of the game. You see, remember what she told you? Yeah, I know. This is yeah. how you do. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. It is a dried salted fish found in the waters around Mumbai and typically accompanied with curry. Oh. Did we give him half a point for that? Why? Wait a minute. I, res- I responded no. I-, I knew the answer. This is fun. Number three. True or false? Scientists have been able to turn peanut butter into diamonds. Oh, that is definitely true. True. It is definitely it true. It is true. Peanut butter, like diamonds, are rich in carbon, so peanut butter under high pressure can make fit. diamonds. <laughs> when it sounds sound that silly, it definitely has to be true. <laughs> is, uh, Annie might school me on this. I didn't write these questions today. Is bao, B-A-O, a cooking technique or a spice? A spice. It's a cooking technique. Is that true, Annie? It Wait, B A B O B A O O B A O Bao stir frying is a Chinese cooking technique that involves high heat combined with continuous tossing. Did you say B A O? Yeah. Well, to me, that is a dumpling. I yeah. Say yeah. <laughs> you get this right. I think we have a. a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love bad question. Okay, number five. What two herbs uh, could you not live without? <laughs> well, me, the two herbs I couldn't live without. Well, I'm going to go with tarragon and basil. Four out of five. Five out of five. Oh, five. No, oh, I don't think so, sir. Which one did I not get right? Uh, the half. duck. Uh, Janet Adams, duck number d- one. No fighting. <laughs> Agar, Agar oh, dulce, okay. and kombu are all types of what? What they used to... Um, <laughs> You know, like make gel to congeal. Like gel? Gelatin? Ge- like, well, to What's congeal. What's its source? Uh, Pectin. Yeah, but, no, no, but where, uh, where is it from? Oh, the sea. Yeah. What are Seaweed. they? Seaweed. Seaweed. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I thought you know what they use for cooking. No, no, you were right. You were yeah. right. <laughs> this is another trick one. Oh, gosh. Uh, is baghar a cooking technique or a spice? And it's spelled B-A-G-H-A-R. 50-50. I'm going to say a spice. Yes. It's a cooking technique. Uh, Adam was right. Though. Don't so listen to Adam. Chef Terry. Huh? You could Don't have been right. Don't listen to Chef Terry. Yeah, you could have been right. Yeah. <laughs> True or false? I like how Annie is like, he didn't get five, he got four. <laughs> Number three, an enophile is a lover or connoisseur of wine. True. And, True. Yes. Yay! Thank you. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is also fun. Which Mexican food has a name meaning little donkey? Huh? Oh, empanadas? No, no, no. Oh, Which one did you say? Burrito. Starts with a B. Uh, what would a big oh, burrito? Yeah. Yay! Yay! 
And if you were not going to get I was going to say, and then a you. <laughs> and finally, what two spices could you not live without? Ah, uh, sumac. Ooh, exotic. And mint. Yay! Wow, nice. Combo. Thank Four you. out of five. Four out of five. Terry's in No, five. He got, he got one. Oh. Didn't you get one? Uh, the one that I got wrong. Oh. And now on to Annie. <laughs> Jambu, Bob Myrtle, and Bush Butter are all types of what? Remember, these were Tom's question originally. Are all types of what? <laughs> Sounds like an herb. Close. Fruit. We'll give it to you. You were. In That's okay. I, I I don't need the pity point, but oh. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. What is the name of the elegant tart with the lattice crust that originated in Austria? Oh, Linzer tart. Linzer tart. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> How did I know that? Not sure. <laughs> Which U.S. state has the most coastline? Florida? I thought so, too. No, 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 no. Wait, Hawaii? No. Alaska. 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 I guess it's bigger, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It's all those islands that go way out. (laughs) Please describe the unusual French cooking technique called en vessi. So it's E-N... Second word, V-E-S-S-I-E. Give her a hint, Terry. So, Vessi is uh, the bladder of an <laughs> oh, animal. Oh, oh, oh. So, describe, have you ever heard of anybody cooking with a bladder? Yes, I have. Irish people do. Uh, you ever heard oil? of oil? Like a cooking method where meat, um, clothes, or other ingredient is poached inside the oh. pig bladder to keep it... Succulent and juicy. Wow. And finally, <laughs> if you could only have one countertop electric appliance in your home kitchen, what might that be? Ooh. Mini chop. Yay! <laughs> How'd Annie do Mini on the quiz chop. today? <clears throat> Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> she dished me before we started. I think that cost her the game. Uh, she made us a beautiful breakfast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was fantastic. Thank you. Congratulations, Terry. Thank you. you Scream to the lead in today. I think I'm going to give my, my portions of rub that I was going to win to these wonderful people so they can figure out oh. more ways to cook their cods, their crab, their fish, all their seafood. Thank you so Thank you very much. Remember, it's witbeseafoods.com if you want to get some beautiful fresh fish delivered to your house. If you want to be part of the show, you can watch the taping on YouTube at Tom Douglas and Company, or you can buy a ticket to come to the show at hotstuffsociety.com like these wonderful people did this morning. Give yourself a round of applause. You're listening to the Hot Stuff Society show on Cairo 97.3 FM. This show is produced by Pamela Inkley and quite well, my dear. Thank you. And, produce, and production by Sean McFadden. Thank you, Sean. Done. And our editor is Sean DeTore, who's not here, but thank you, Sean, as well. He does a beautiful job. Also, remember, if you miss any episode of a Hot Stuff Society show on Cairo 97.3, you can listen via podcast. Just subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Happy Halloween and have a fabulous weekend.